Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Peace Family is 19 Keys with the 19 Keys Podcast. You're listening to a high-level conversation. Tap in. All right, a word from one of our sponsors. Make sure you tap into Goldwater Products. After you come listen to the information, you're going to need your memory stimulated so you can download everything in that prefrontal cortex. You want to make sure that hippocampus area of your brain that regulates mood, memory, and learning is fully functional and tapped in. Therefore, you want to tap into Goldwater. They have smart moths, sports moths, vitamin C moths, colloidal silver. They have just about everything that you, your child, and your whole entire family needs to stimulate your brain and your body and to make sure that your immune system is functioning. Before you tap into this great high-level conversation, listen to this song by Tezu Kulando called Goldwater. Hey, podcast listeners, I want everybody to tap in. This is 19 Keys, and this is a new episode of the podcast. It started off rattling from I had a guy who called me from Jersey and said he wanted to do a consultation, and then he started telling me his story, and I said, wow, this story is kind of interesting. Let me get your story. So we put the story up there. Um, we got disconnected in the middle of his story, but it was amazing as it was starting off. And then I went into some great keys and I want you all to take a listen. Make sure you all support the podcast, share it, tell a friend, um, send some money, like really support it. You can become a, a podcast sponsor and I'll shout you out through the show if you become a sponsor. But more than anything, enjoy it. Take the keys and uh, tap in.
that make you feel the same way I feel, even if those wasn't even your feelings. You know what I'm saying? So I took I took that skill and in New York, and I I'm, I ain't gonna lie, I really learned that in New York. New York taught me all of that about how to pre- persuasion and, and getting to know the right people. Because when I lived in Jersey, everything was about violence, gangs, and you know all the, all of the nonsense. In New York, they taught me money. You know, in fashion and, and looking the part. And it's not always what you know, it's who you know. You know the right people. Like, my, I have friends in New York who never had a job. But every time I see them, they got 10000 15000 Where you get this money from, bro? They don't hustle. But they, they live a certain lifestyle that affords them these luxuries to be around. And they just be getting it. I'm, I, I don't knock nobody. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you do, whatever you do is you. My friend in Texas told me, Somebody who's hustling, somebody that's not kicking in your door, trying to take what you got, what you work for. So I respected that. My fault, battery done. Battery's getting low. But um, so long story short, sixth grade, you know, I learned how to read, and then I, I started on uh, boxing. Once I started boxing, I became a bully, started robbing people, started doing all this crazy stuff because I was like, I was blown away. Like seventh, seventh grade, I'm knocking out grown men. I'm like, look, oh, my mom's, my mom's like, I had a crazy accident, she couldn't. She couldn't pay the bills, so now I'm robbing people every weekend to pay pay uh, rent and stuff like that. I'm saying so. Once I get to eighth grade, I start realizing my friends are treating me weird. I don't like that. I don't like when people look at me like you're 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 afraid of me. Like, come on, bro, I'm a I'm a goofy guy. I laugh all the time. Like, I'm not the person to be afraid of. I don't want to like be afraid of me. You know, see, I'm not even. I just I didn't like that. I didn't like that stigma. So when I went to high school, I changed my whole life. I told her, look, I'm not fighting no more. I'm not hanging around my old friends no more. I'm about to go play football. I played football. And then I didn't get the football scholarship I wanted to. This is what led me to go to the Army. You know, since I was cocky. I'm like, oh, listen, all my friends, my friends going to Miami, they're going to Ohio, they're going to all these good schools. And I'm like, I got New Hampshire? Like, who goes to New Hampshire? They have like, yeah. they have like, they have like 13 black people on their team. I was like, I'm not going out there, bro. That's not, that's not for me. So I said, I'm going to the Army. Went to the Army. Sleep the Army was the wrong move. The wrong move. I got in there. And I thought I was going to be like the bottom, you know, I just thinking there's grown men in here. They're going to be able to teach me a lot. You know, I'm going to be able to learn a lot. I got there and I started realizing this was the wrong place to come because the military is like a giant high school. Yeah, the military is like a giant high school. I got in there. They seen I was fast. I was strong. But I didn't know anything about the military structure. I didn't know anything about rank. I didn't know anything about uh, the respect you're supposed to give people. And all of this, I was just like real, I was real ignorant to all of the stuff that they wanted me to know. So I wasn't, I wasn't really conforming to the way they wanted me to. But I didn't need to because I was really strong. Like when you're a strong person, all they can do is work you out. So if you don't mind working out, like what, what other punishment could I give me? I'm not doing anything that's really wrong for you to kick me out. It's just I'm not doing the, the, the small things right. I'm not making my bed right. My boots are not bloused. You know what I mean? My, my, my uniform is not all, all, all wrinkle-free. Small things like that will get you in trouble every day. But that's what told me. You know, pay attention to the details. Because if I iron all of those things out, I knock all those things out, now I'm an A1 squared away soldier. So long story short, um, I tried to go special forces. And because I figured if you go special forces, you know, you get all these uh privileges and stuff, things of that nature. So I say, all right, I'm gonna go special forces. I would try to go special forces. It was 75 of us that went to selection. Out of that 75, it was only nine black people. And the first round of selection is uh, a course. But I didn't know the first round, people get eliminated because your peers vote. So when I see all these white boys and they was they was they were saying racist shit, and I'm like, 
Take your time. You got some good uh, storytelling skills. Your story, you don't do you mind uh, afterwards that I publish this story? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Not all right, cool, cool. I'm gonna put this on. I'm gonna put this on the podcast, then. I like this. Uh, no, I just see a black screen. It might be low. I can hear you clearly, but I haven't been able to see you the whole time. Okay, so, go ahead. Um, I, re- I realized the military is done with a big, I call it a big high school. Because everybody in there, is, everybody's in there married, but everybody in there is, is fucking everybody. Everybody's worried about what everybody else is doing. It's, it's like, damn, like, this is exactly just like high school. It's no, I really felt like it was no difference. Only thing was, these people are grown and they're all getting paid mm. from the army. That's the only difference. So then, you know, I started befriending all the older people. The older people start to let me know, listen, are you going to be here for 20 years? I said, no, nah, I'm not. They said, well, how are you going to get paid for the rest of your life? I said, I don't know. That's, I just came here to get a, to get a, the GI Bill. I just wanted to go to school. You know? So they're like, they're like, well, listen, if you're not going to be here for the long run, which is 20 years, you need to start worrying about um, your disability. And I said, disability? I'm healthy as an ox. You know? I'm, I don't got to worry about that. And then they start telling me, like, well, you know, you're not always going to be like that. You're young right now. So, you know, you're not thinking you're not thinking about five or ten years down the line. And the truth was, I really wasn't. All I was thinking about was, you know, going to college and, and, and using that job. But now that I'm out, now I'm out the military, I get $2,600 a month and I only did three years. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I felt like the people who I got next to put me on the right path and it, it's always gonna be like this. It was a brother, an older head, an older head brother, 
won't say, only to have a brother who was in the army who he actually retired. And when he retired, they gave him 10%. And he said, listen, in five years, you can be at 100%. You can paid enough money to live. Yeah, 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 I'm listening. People, we lost the caller. <laughs> um, the good brother Marcus Clark was on there, and he was telling us his story, a very uh, engaging story, if I might add. A uh, beautiful story um, that he was about to go into, and it was getting kind of climactic, and I wanted to hear the, definitely the rest of it. Um, damn, just because that would have been dope. Um, hopefully, he calls back, and we have him on here. Um if not, man, I just appreciate all y'all that tune in, all y'all that tap in. You know, um, I definitely want to hear more to listen to the story. And also, you all can leave messages to let me know what kind of content that you want. But the brother called me, and he wanted a consultation and, um, you know, wanted to speak and get his story out there. So I'll sit and be in a listening ear, and I asked him if I could put this on the podcast because the story was sounding like a unique one. And um, I think unique stories need to be heard so we understand that, you know, we might find something that's familiar that another person goes through that we can relate to. And, you know, it's important that we have relatability, you know, with our people because we have so many stories out there that are untold, you know, and the average person is walking around with us with a hero's tale. The average person is walking around with us with a whole cinematic movie, you know, in their memory banks that they went through. And we just looking at them like regular people. And I think it's important that sometimes we we take a step back and we ask, I wonder what's their story? You know, like when I was younger, one thing I used to do is I used to stare out the window of like the planes or the car. Or I used to just look at people. I remember it's like as early as I can remember. And my thought was, this is a whole new person I wouldn't have been able to see if I wasn't intentional on looking at them. Like I don't know why, but that always was like something to me the ability to see people that i wouldn't have saw if i didn't look around and i used to think like who is this person what's their story and to me i thought that that was like the dopest thing ever because like if i would have stayed home or if i didn't look out the window and if i weren't staring at these people i would have never had the opportunity to see them and of course this was before social media now you can just see thousands of random people all the damn time but when I was younger, it seemed so special, you know, um, and I still wonder today, what are these people's story that I walk past? Like, who are they? What do they do? What have they been through? You never know. So if you have a special story to tell, you have, you know, something great, I would love to have you as a guest on the show, because I believe it's not just, you know, um, celebrity stories that need to be heard. It's sometimes we have great stories to tell as well. And one thing that social media has done is it has revealed the superstar, the celebrity, the influencer, the leader in all of us, you know, to where we don't need someone to validate us and legitimize us. Our life does that already. And our peers do that when they nominate us by, you know, uh, sharing and promoting and liking and commenting, you know, and observing who we are, what we do and what we put out. So I believe we are in the greatest time ever, which is the era of collaboration. The culture is collaboration. The internet has created such a great collaboration spirit to where I can talk to some guy in Asia right now, you know, uh, whom I've never met. 
and we can collaborate on a project of starting up a store or we can collaborate on some designs for some shirts to do culture class collaboration like right now is the greatest time for collaboration that's what the internet is it is a cybernetic collective collaboration of consciousness between people all over the planet earth adding in ideas continuously into the algorithm of this thing that we call the internet where we are webbed and weaved together so i think that it's, it's special when you know we get to that point where we have to realize that because we have these tools, this internet, these social medias, this technology that we don't have to do everything ourselves. You would spend, it'd be better for you to spend time finding your collective, you know, better for you to spend time finding your collective and building with the people that are like-minded or that you may have one thing, but you do the catapult system. You know, if y'all can imagine this is that you know those things that look like big long spoons that you see in those old war movies where they're throwing it uh they put the big uh rock inside the catapult, they fling it backwards and it shoots over one person. But I, I look at that like reality. It's like I might have the the ammo, I might have the thing, but I need somebody else to catapult it for me. Or I might be the catapult for someone else's thing to where we can fling it and make it something big and successful. But I think that life is about the catapult system right now. It's the collaboration. Collaboration versus competition. Don't worry about who you're competing with. Worry about who you can collaborate with. It will get you much further. Because I might have the thing. I might need somebody else's platform to boom it out. And when we stop needing or having the necessity to feed our egos of being up front, then we can be the ones who work with the right person and get our right ideas out there to where we can become highly successful. But right now, we at this point where we want to be the one up front. We want to be the one lead. You know, put my face on it. Put my name on it. You know, if you're smart enough to work with somebody who has the system that you need, but you know they have the ego, so you say, you know what, I will sacrifice because sacrifice is a currency to buy the life you want. Then you say, you know what, I might have the idea, but they have the way to make it successful. I might be the Wachosniak, but they might be the Steve Jobs. You know, it's like you have to know which one you are in the situation to play your role so that it can be successful for the long haul. Because what you're doing is you're getting results that you can't get on your own. That's the whole point of adding self to the mastermind collective is that you get access to ideas and genius and systems and networks and, you know, collaborations that you can not have done on your own. Right now, I'm working on like five, six projects of people who have things and skills that I don't have, but obviously I bring something to the table as well. So that thing that I bring to the table becomes our collaboration, you know, my uniqueness, my value. So as long as we can continue to collaborate, I bring something to the table, they bring something to the table, then everybody eats. It's one big potluck. The internet is one big potluck. You bring a dish, I bring a dish, and then we eat. But the problem is, is that people do not want to share. People do not want to connect with the right people. People do not want to sacrifice ego so that they can win. Me, fuck my ego. Ego can die, disappear, never come back another day in my life. But if I can get this idea from the third dimension of the darkness of my mind into the, or from the fourth dimension from the darkness of my mind into the third dimension to where it's measurable and it's a reality and I manifested it, whoever I need to collaborate with, well, not whoever, but you know what I mean, whoever I need to collaborate with in order to bring it into existence then that's what i would do so you know there you are that's that's like a major key like if you're trying to get an idea stop thinking about doing it by yourself all the time 
You know what I mean? And think about who you can collaborate to make the situation easy. You know, sometimes you might have to sacrifice working with somebody who has an ego. Sometimes you get lucky and you find somebody on that same frequency as you. I suggest finding somebody on the same frequency as you unless you're a person that is can easily deal with people, you know, in their personalities and their characters and their ego and their flaws. And you say, you know what, even though I might have to tiptoe around this ego issue in the long run, the results are going to be magnificent and I'm going to be able to enjoy the splendid glory of all my work and my great emotional intelligence, because that's really what it's about, having emotional intelligence. But collaboration versus competition is the key, the goddamn key. You know, I'm talking about like the biggest key. So it's like right now everybody's winning because they collaborate with somebody. Nobody in the history of all successful legendary people on the planet Earth has ever done anything just by themselves. You know what I mean? Uh, whether you a militia group or you government, you you don't work with the artists, you don't work with the tech guys, you don't work with the the speaker, don't work with the writer, the writer don't work with the speaker, the the, the promoter has worked with the artist. It's like there's catapult system, collaboration, culture, every single where. And the internet is just one big collaboration of the human species. You have access to billions of people. Billions. Yet you feel alone. Yet you feel like nobody's helping you. Yet you complain about family and friends not helping you when there's a billion people. Does that make sense to you now? You, 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 you thinking about, I don't have this skill, so I can't do that. No, 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 no. I can break into the CBD oil business right now. I can break into the tech business right now. I can break into the bank business right now. I can break into so many different industries where I do not have to have all the know-how. I just know how to, I just have to make what I do connect with someone, someone else does and how I can be a value to them. Because usefulness determines value, and then we can collaborate, and we can win. Boom. So how can you find someone to help you complete your goal? Maybe that someone you need is just the internet. You know, like Google makes us smarter. It's like you be thinking, oh, I don't know this, I don't know that. Like, yo, we got YouTube, we got Google, you got Udemy, you got uh, Coursera.com. Like, you can really go take classes and learn what you don't know. Like these phone makers, Androids, if I don't have the knowledge, then I can just download an app or I can go on Google and Google would tell me what I don't know. So naturally I do have the answers when earlier human beings had to go research and find or be as it may ask mom and father like for the information. And like it's like we used to think mom and pops knew it all. Of course, they don't know it all. Nobody knows it all. But we used to think mom and pops knew it all. You know, but now these children today are just Googling what they, what mom and pops don't know. Let me Google. And then you realize that you do not have to become the limitations of your ancestors. You do not have to become the limitations of your family. Because at first they were only able to impart the knowledge that they had, but that's no longer the case. So false expectations. One of the biggest false expectations is that family and friends are supposed to support us. And okay, so let me preface that. They, if, if they're considered family and friends, and yes, by all means, they should support you. But the expectation of them supporting you is false. And any entrepreneur that goes along that journey will tell you that that has been one of the biggest lessons that they had to learn is that family and friends are not your best supporters. Strangers are. 
strangers are, people you don't know. People you don't know that are less biased and have more to prove to you. Family and friends feel like they ain't got nothing to prove to you, so they don't try to prove to you anything. Hmm. People too close to the light get blinded by it. I love my analogy on that. So instead, what we do is we find the people that can value us, enjoy the product, enjoy our services, enjoy our intellect, enjoy our genius, and we collaborate with those people. And we do the catapult system. Like, I don't mind working with you. I don't mind collaborating with you. I don't mind building with you. How will you make your story legendary? You owe it to yourself to become a legend. Like, you have to seek and take legendary opportunities. What are legendary opportunities? It is interacting with all opportunities just in case it might be a legendary one. Just in case it might help you build your legend out. Like, you don't want to be a legend, B. You just want to die in some gray tombstone that we pass by in our car and stare at like, oh, look at all those dead people. No, may your body rest there, but may your soul and your spirit and your mind rest in the minds of the people through the work that you put out, through the opportunities that you take to advance and evolve yourself. When my body is gone, I want my legend to live. A legend is an energy that never dies as long as my work is still vibrating. Like I might be recording this now in 2019, but they could be listening to this in 2050, 2080. And I believe like time is like, it's, it's fake, right? So like, even it's not linear. It's not like ahead of me. It's like side by side. So as I'm saying this now, and from the time that you're listening to this record, I believe it's all happening at the same time simultaneously. So if somebody's listening to it in 100 years, they're listening to it for me. I don't know if you can wrap your mind around this thought process. They're listening to it at the same time. The moment you do that act that solidify your destiny, those two moments are the one and the same. <laughs> you know? So it's like... What legendary opportunities and moments will you take because you are setting and casting your future in the present all the time? Remember, the future is right next to you, side by side. These are just moments that are side by side of each other, simultaneously happening. So here we are with this great thing, technology. We can create apps for all our problems. When we're lonely, we can reach out to friends. When we want advice, we can ask someone for a consultation. When we want to learn something, we can self-educate. We can even go to one of those doctor sites and, you know, uh, self-diagnose ourselves. Like, there's so many things we do now that we don't even realize we've changed as a society so much. And we're living in the land of opportunity. Imagine this. Imagine being a young African child. And your village doesn't have access to any money. The government won't disperse a certain amount of money or whatever it is. You just lack opportunities and like you don't really have power and technology and all of these different things. Like you can't get money. You know, it's just sanctions or whatever it may be. And then one day somebody gives you a phone and they say this phone has service. Satellite service. We want to give you one phone in your village, like an iPhone or something. And we're going to teach you how to use the phone. And after that, you will have everything you need. And then they leave the village. And so this child is like, everything that I need, 
Like they didn't give me anything. But they say, no, 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 no. This is what I want you to do. It's 2019. It's not 1986. It's not 1999. Like everything you need is here. This phone is going to make you smarter. It's going to connect you to the whole world. And it's going to increase your opportunities tenfold. Matter of fact, if you learn how to use this phone right, you can either become a million or billionaire. But look, remember, you don't have any opportunities. So an extra dollar, two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, thirty dollars, forty dollars, fifty, a hundred. This should be an amazing opportunity for you. So of course the child is intrigued. The child says, Okay, give me the phone. They take the phone, they learn, they go on YouTube, they learn in job drop shipping, they learn investment, they start setting up accounts. They're doing all these different things, and guess what? They start making some money. They're shipping from people all around the world. And the money is funneling into their account, digital assets. They're able to take that money and they're able to order things on the internet. Not only that, the money can be untraceable. They can put it into cryptocurrency if they want to and figure out a way to be able to buy what they want. Hmm. So you mean tell me we didn't have energy at first? But what if I learned how to build a solar network for my village? Then we would have power. Cool. And then I start increasing and having money. We can buy food. We can be the ones donating to ourselves instead of waiting for someone else to donate to us. But imagine that that child at first was on a trajectory in the past saying that I'm going to boycott the hell out the government. I'm going to protest and riot until things change. Okay. Years ago, protest and riot would have been the way maybe to spend your energy and your thinking time. Today is getting a phone. A phone is the new riot. A phone is the new protest. A phone is your system to catapult you. You're a cyborg. You're connected to this already. Your memory is stored in a phone. Your intelligence is attached to the phone. When I want to know something and I don't know it, I don't have to go find some big-ass book in a library. I just go on my phone and type, type, boom, got the information. I'm ready to go. It was a great story by Henry Ford. He was sitting in a room with a bunch of reporters, and he said that I'll, I can ask any question about my company from the top to the bottom. And I'm paraphrasing. And so ask me anything, and I can tell you about the entire company. And so the reporter's like, okay. So all the reporters gathered all their questions, and they asked them. And then he called an assistant from the back. He said, come here. He said, answer the questions. <laughs> the moral of the story is he didn't have to know all the answers he had someone that had the answers that person that he called up back in the day that was a person today that's your phone which is much more reliable think about it you're not great at math oh you got a calculator so yeah it looked like protesting the government back then today it looks like just getting a phone learning how to use the internet because Oftentimes, we are focused on that which has nothing to do with our goal, which only magnifies the problem, but doesn't increase the solution. So the more we do solution-based things, the closer we are getting to solving the problem and eliminating the problem. The problem doesn't even exist then, actually. Well, the government thought they were smart, too, and they was going to, you know, block Capital from the people and finances and economics, the people circumnavigated and figured out a way to say, ah, I was about to spend all my time focusing on the chaos, consuming the chaos. Instead, I will spend my time on solution-based thinking. 
and interacting with the opportunities to change my paradigm. Make sure y'all support the podcast. I appreciate y'all for tapping in. This was an unexpected episode. Um, This is very like random, but you can take parts of it and utilize it into your thinking pattern. And I hope that it was something amazing for you. I appreciate you. I appreciate all of you all with your great feedback. I appreciate all the supporters of the podcast monetarily. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love each and every one of you. Tap in. Become a key. Unlock someone else so we have a world of keys instead of these rusty lock minds. Let's change the paradigm. Peace. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.